Hi, I'm Brittany Papineau. I'm the online pastor at Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is an original series on family relationships called This Is Us, a deep dive into the dynamics and design God has for your legacy. We hope this series encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your family. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good morning. Everybody doing well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's ready for another installation of This Is Us? Did you guys get anything from last week? Did it help you? Um, Real quick, on the count of three, everybody give me your your main topic that you you took away from last week. One, two, three. Awesome. Way to go. (laughs) Some of you listened, some of you didn't. (laughs) That's what I just learned. Hey, um, it was an honor and a privilege to sit here and uh, really... It's, it's kind of preaching, it's kind of teaching. Are you standing up? Because I'm standing up, huh? Yeah. I love that. Guys, this is my wife. Hello. Will you give it up for Pastor Brittany? <laughs> it was an honor and a privilege last week to teach with uh, Pastors Phil and Barbara and, and Pastor Brittany as well. And our hope, our, our desire, our prayer for this entire series has been that this would be something that would be extremely practical in your lives. Now, I'm seeing a couple of, uh, of return faces, and I'm seeing a couple of excited, smiling faces, uh, because today we're talking about sex and romance. What? And the crowd fell silent. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be such a good day. Well, um, hey, before we do anything else, I would love to just open up in a word of prayer and, and turn this time over to God. So, Father, I pray that you would be honored and glorified and um, that you would speak more than anything else, that people would hear your voice above mine, above Pastor Brittany's, above uh, any of the noise that we have. God, I, I pray that you would seal this in our hearts and help us talk about a subject that is sometimes uh, weird and awkward, and, and I pray that you would open all of our hearts. We love you, and we praise you, and it's in your name we pray together. Amen. 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 Well, one of the things that we wanted to tackle, thank you, um, one of the things that we wanted to tackle in this series was the romance portion, because when you talk about family dynamics, uh, this is a big one. This is a big part of it, um, at least for the married people. So married people, where, where are my married people at? Cool, cool. We got a good, uh, a good representation. Where are my single people at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the vocal ones. Um, <laughs> so guess what? It is our goal today that we bring both of those uh, groups of people value. And even the ones that are in a committed relationship, but not, not yet married. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we got a couple of those. We have a of few those. of those. We got a couple of those. Um, Look at you guys. Look at you guys. <laughs> so Brittany and I were talking this week, and I know that like, we've, we've really wrestled with how do we present this topic, because from the very beginning, we have wanted to talk about stuff that the church as a whole doesn't like to talk about, right? There are so many things in the Christian life that the church kind of skims over and and doesn't give an accurate representation or doesn't give a good basis for what to do in some of these awkward situations. They'd rather just not talk about it. And so um, we want to do this respectfully. We don't want to make anybody feel awkward. Um, And so from the outset, I would love it. Luke, will you do me a favor? Will you throw the number up on the screen? Uh, kind of at the end of the service, we're going to be doing a Q&A, and we'll keep your questions anonymous if you text them to us. Now, if you raise your hand, everybody's going to know it's you. Okay? 
<laughs> but if you will text us, we actually are getting these texts, and we will we'll do some, some Q&A. But uh, Brittany, you want to talk about, like, why were you, why were you, she doesn't know I'm doing this, so just forgive me for a second. You've been nervous, we've been nervous as a couple to talk about this together mm-hmm. because it could be awkward. What, what are you really worried about? Well, I think my worry might be maybe your worry too. Uh, we're not, believe me, we're not going to get into graphic details or anything like that. So, I mean, when we're talking about sex and romance, like there are details about that, but we're not getting into any specifics, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, so, um, I, I think I want to be ner- I, I'm my nervousness was conveying the things that need to be conveyed while still reading the room, right? This is mixed company. You know, we're all in different life stages. And, uh, yeah, so we kind of, I know you and I have been really wrestling over this and discussing through this, Mm -hmm. but uh, we want to be respectful of this topic while still, like, being informative and actually talking about some of the things that don't necessarily get talked about, so. Yeah. One of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot are expectations. There are these um, unspokens before you're married. And, and so we want to talk about expectations before marriage, expectations in marriage. We kind of want to do a both and. Um, but expectations before you're married. Um, we, we were talking with a couple a few weeks ago. They were uh, sitting with us and they said, oh, we can't wait to be married <laughs> we're going to have relations eight times a week. And I was like, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> have fun. I think there's this, this expectation before you're married that that is the main bulk of what a marriage is. Mm-hmm. That that is the main bulk of what romance is. Is that the case? I mean, being married, (laughs) that is not the case. That's not all that marriage really is. I think marriage is more than just this, like, piece of paper that some people make it out to be. Um, And marriage isn't just, oh, now I get to have sex, cool. You know, like, it's way more than that. It's choosing one another every single day. Because love, sometimes you feel it, but sometimes you don't, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not there. Love is a choice. That's good. And so when you wake up every morning next to your spouse or the person you hope to be your spouse in the future or as you're thinking about who could that potential spouse be in the future because I may or may not know them yet, like, it's not just going to be easy. It's not going to be something that, you know, you just happy-go-lucky all the time. It is literally a choice. Every single morning, you wake up and say, I choose to love and respect this person that I have, you know, that I have given myself to in front of my friends and family with God. Yeah. I think um, another thing that that we wanted to point out, as a church, um, we believe the Bible is true from beginning to end. So we therefore believe that premarital sex, anything before saying I do is, is sin. It's wrong. That does not mean that you are shamed forever because we serve a God that came to die for your sin. He came to take away your shame. That's a beautiful thing. And so you can be restored, but I'm gonna, we're going to step on toes today. I just know it. And so you need to hear me from the very beginning. We love you and we care about you. 
I care enough about you to tell you what sin is. I care enough about you to challenge you and hold you to a higher standard than our society will. So young people who aren't married yet, old people who aren't married yet, you know, whoever you are, save yourself. We believe that sex is exclusively for one man and one woman in a committed covenant relationship called marriage. I don't know how any more uh, specific I can get, but if you want to know more, we're actually putting together an actual statement of marriage. This is what Legacy Church recognizes as a marriage. One man, one woman. One man, born man. One woman, born woman. I, I'm sorry that this is the uh, society that, that we're in, that I have to define this any other way than what the, the Bible specifically says, but um, I think this is a really important topic to, to teach on. Because the romance in your relationship will make or break your relationship. It's not the main focus, but it will make or break the entire relationship. Just because you're living together does not mean you're spending quality time together. Mm. Yes, that is something I learned as a newly married person. <laughs> just six years ago, Kyle and I got married, just about. And, yeah. you know, you think like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting because we're gonna, now we don't have to say goodnight. Now we just can roll over and go to bed, and it's great, and we get to spend all our time together. But just because you're now spending all of this time together, and you're, you know, sleeping in the same bed, and, yeah. you know, you're together, you know, the eight hours in the night that you sleep together, you know, like, whatever throughout your day, doesn't necessarily mean that that's quality time. Right. And, um, you know, we still encourage you guys to, even after you're married, date each other. Mm-hmm. Be intentional, because... You know, sometimes you hear, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. But I want to say the grass is greener where you water it. (laughs) And so if you put intention, put time, make those choices and just continue to date your spouse. And do the work. And do the work. Yeah. That's going to be so fulfilling. And living together, yeah, it's great. Being married and living together, though, is the right thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And just a little disclaimer. If you have lived with someone before marriage, I'm not here to shame you. No. I'm going to call you to a higher standard, though. And if you're in that, I'm going to call you out of it. It's time. Make the decision now to live a Christ-like life. But just because your view of marriage wasn't or isn't biblical doesn't mean you're, you're free from changing that point of view in your life. You now, as a Christ follower, those who would say, I, I'm choosing to be like Jesus, you have a, a responsibility to shift your thinking. It can't stay the way it's always been. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's Romans that says, pardon me, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you now have a responsibility as a Christ follower to say, okay, I now know because I've been exposed to truth Sleeping with someone outside of marriage is wrong. Those of you who are married, I now know that it is my responsibility to love and care for and pursue my partner. Well, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to make sure that you're changing the way you're thinking, that you're thinking before marriage and after marriage, before marriage and I should say in marriage, uh, line up with scriptures. I think 
there's expectation that, you know, this is how it's always going to be. And, and, and when you're dating, there is this, like, tension between you that you guys can't wait to, to be married, have a life together. There's so many exciting things about, you know, getting your first place together and all this kind of stuff. But then, I mean, we can only talk to about six years of marriage. You do have to do the work. <laughs> you do have to show up and care for and love your partner. And it's more than just the, the sex. In fact, uh, Pastor Phil and Barbara were telling us about a book that they read uh, early on in their marriage called Sex Starts in the Kitchen. I know it's a funny title, <laughs> but until you're married, you don't understand it. And as, as soon as I said it, I saw all the married people smile like, huh, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, guys, you want a better relationship with your, your spouse? Do the dishes. Take yes. the trash out. Amen. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Take the trash out. Do the dishes. Vacuum every once in a while. Shoot, do the laundry every once in a while. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> Share your love with your wife in another way than is strictly physical. Mm. Women. You want to talk to women for a second? Women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, do the things that, you know, your husband would enjoy too. Like that means maybe sometimes you're doing the laundry too, or you're cleaning the garage or you're maybe just stay out in the garage. I don't know. <laughs> don't throw away things in the garage though. Oh, that is probably bad news. But, um, <laughs> I think one of the other things is you need to realize that there's, there's a set of expectations, but then there's also the reality of, of, where you're at in your relationships. And, and one of the realities is, um, guys, romantically speaking, we're microwaves. Let's be real. We, we have a button, and it says, you know, add 30 seconds. That's about it. Then you have women who are much more crockpot, right, on low. You need to recognize, when we were, when we were in our, our premarital counseling, um, Bill Dogtrim, a, a good friend of ours, sat us down and kind of walked us through, hey, here's some, here's some expectations for you that I just want to get out on the table, and, and I want to make sure that you guys understand. Um, there is a general rule that guys are somehow always ready for some form of physical activity. I'm trying to be as PG as I can, okay? I'm, I'm really trying. Number one, I don't want Facebook to cancel us today. Um, they've already taken down a couple of our posts because they have the word sex in it. And it's appalling to me that they can show a gaga thing, but we can't talk about a, a biblical matter. Uh, I digress. There is this, this expectation that we had that we're kind of always ready, and you need to realize that your wife, your partner, uh, is not always the same. And that is okay. I think it's okay for both of you. And this is something that we really had to wrestle with in, our, in our, our premarital counseling because I had never heard it this way. I kind of understood it this way, but um, we just need to make sure that no one's feeling shame in the relationship. I think that's one of the main things that I, I took away. Um, but then when we talk about expectations, there's this saying that expectation breeds resentment. And so I think that when there are unspoken expectations, those can breed resentment in a marriage. 
those can breed resentment in, in your relationship between you and your spouse. And I'm, I'm just kind of talking to the married people, but single people, you should be writing this down. Get, get this in your head now. Unspoken expectations breed resentment. And resentment, when it is full grown, is offense. And one of the things that offense will do to you is separate you from your partner. The very thing that God the Father said, uh, the man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two will become one. It separates you. When there is an unspoken expectation, talk about your expectations. Talk about you want your husband to do the dishes. Talk about you want him to do X, Y, Z. Talk about these are, these are my expectations as your husband that I have coming into this. And, and where can we meet in the middle? How can we compromise and make sure that we're living a God-honoring and God-centered life? Yeah, I think that, you know, if, for those of you who are here with us last week, or if you weren't, go back and watch it. Listen to it on our podcast. Plug for there. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Go watch it on YouTube. Um, but... We talked about, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. Faith in the family. Faith in the family. Yeah, I know what we talked about last week, but what was my point? I don't remember what my point was. I'm so sorry. What did you just say? (laughs) Uh, Expectations. We were talking about expectations breed resentment. Resentment is offense. And I'll move on. I don't remember. I'm sorry, guys. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I had a really good point, and it'll come back later. (laughs) You'll get there. Look, there, there's a certain amount of, of awkwardness to this conversation, okay? So I'm just going to put it out there. It's awkward to talk in mixed company about this because I was raised in a house where we didn't talk about these things in mixed company, right? What's that? And with my parents, yeah. By the way, like my grandparents are watching right now. Her parents are watching. Like my hey. parents are here. John, Sandy, uh, grandma, grandpa, hi, you know, Grammy, great to see you. Uh, there's just a certain amount of awkwardness to this conversation, but we're really trying to do our best to model this. We, we want to live open lives. We want to care for you guys and, and teach you as much as we can. Um, but one of the things that you got... I remember what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Something we talked about last week was putting Christ at the center, making him a priority. Mm-hmm. And the same thing needs to be true in your marriage, that you put Christ at the center... Uh-huh. He is the priority, right? Uh-huh. So that was my main thing that I wanted to say, and then I remembered, and I was afraid it was going to leave me. No, I, I like it. I think um, one, of, one of the things that people don't point out, I'm sorry, I just got to stand up. I, I, I can't sit down all the time and talk to you. I like to move. Brittany knows this. Like, sometimes when we'll get into a really deep discussion, I'll stand up and start walking around the living room. Like, I'm totally engaged, totally listening. But um, sex in the confines of marriage is an adhesive it bonds you together with your spouse. And if you go too long without doing it, you do feel disconnected. And it is amazing that God gave us this gift, which by the way, God gave us sex. It is a good thing. Anytime you hear it outside the the confines of marriage, it has this negative connotation then that the devil likes to twist and distort and bring into marriage that now you have to bring the shame that you had before you were married into your marriage. And that's just not the case. Jesus says, no, 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 this is something that I have ordained, and it's a beautiful thing. But it's an adhesive. It makes you feel close. It's it's not just a physical activity. And I don't know that I understood this. My, My parents told me this when I was young, that it's actually a spiritual activity. It is literally two becoming one. 
It is the glue that holds us together. Yes, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yes, you can bring babies into the world this way, and, and that's a really cool thing that God made that activity fun. But um, I think it's important to understand that it is more than that. It is a spiritual adhesive that you have to each other. That we can, we can be together in the presence of Jesus, and that is a sacred moment. I don't know that we approach sex, even in the relationship of marriage, as a sacred moment. Mm. But it is. You guys have to say? I think, too, on the flip side, going back to expectations, you think, at least I know I've chatted with some of our young um, college students and people who are not yet engaged and married but hope to be one day, and... Mm -hmm. Something that I think is worth saying is having sex is not the only way to be that you'll feel intimate or close yeah. to your partner at the Very same true. time. So though it's this adhesive, God designed it to be something you do with your spouse, that is a God-ordained thing, but also it's not the only way that you feel intimate. So it's not like, oh, I just have to have sex all the time in order to feel close to my spouse. There are definitely a lot of different ways to do that through even just simple hand-holding or cuddling mm -hmm. And even sometimes not even physical. And we'll yeah. talk about it soon, but like yeah. love languages, you know, there are different ways to feel intimate and close without actually doing the act of. That's true. But this is the one thing that separates you from being roommates to a covenant relationship. Right? God never said, uh, a man, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and go be roommates. Just not. He said, for this reason, he will be with his wife. They'll be joined. It's literally a, uh, a physical connection that they have together. Then, when you're talking about marriage specifically, you have this beautiful intertwining of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says that one person can be attacked and overcome. Two can stand back to back and defend themselves but a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So you have the husband and the wife, but when that, centered, or that, that relationship is centered around Jesus and who he is and who he wants those two people to be, that is when it is hard to destroy it. If both of your eyes are fixed on who Jesus wants you to be and how good he is, it is very difficult to be upset with your spouse. It just is. You can have these, these fleshly arguments and you can have these disagreements, but when I pray over Brittany, it's very hard for me to be mad at her. When I know that she's praying for me, it's hard for her to be mad at me, though I will say I probably make it a little bit easier than she does. It's, hey. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> One way or the other. Thank you for that. Um, I think this is why it's so important to save yourself for marriage. I think this is why it's so important. And, and, and we were actually asked this question in our small group this last week. Um, what is allowed when it comes to sex in a marriage? And we told you we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of things. I'm not going to give you a list of activities to do or don't do. What I will say is this. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> let's, make this, let's make this fun. We can, we can keep talking about it. But I'll say this. Anything is permissible that you guys both agree on and it doesn't hurt 
either of you and stays between the two of you. And again, I'm sorry that we're in a society where I have to say this, but that means digitally or in person. It needs to stay between the two of you, period. I know that you guys have, um, you guys have asked these questions and we're trying to answer them the best way that we can, but I would say anything that you agree on that doesn't hurt, shame, or manipulate the other person and doesn't bring anyone else into the act would be okay. You guys just have to talk about it. Which, <laughs> the more we talked about uh, this topic of, of romance and stuff, you'd think that it would keep coming back to sex, and it doesn't. It keeps coming back to this one thing, communication. Crazy. Because expectations and reality both have to do with your communication. And when you guys have, have these things that you guys want to discuss, you have to talk about it. When you say what's allowed, well, talk to your spouse. Talk to them and say, hey, what are you comfortable with? Where are we going from here? What does God want for us? When was the last time you asked yourself in your marriage, what does God want for our sex life? I believe that God wants you to have a healthy sex life because he designed it that way. But I also believe that God is more interested in your thought patterns He's more interested in your attitudes and he's more interested in your motivation than he is a checklist of what is allowed and what isn't. Let me ask you this. Are your thought patterns right? Are you able to focus on your relationship? What about your attitude? Is your attitude right? Are you, are you coming into a relationship with your spouse and saying, um, I'm angry with you? Or are you coming and saying, this is, this is us reconnecting? Because if you're just angry at each other, I want to encourage you to go pray and get right with the Lord. Please don't make sex the band-aid that tries to heal all of your wounds. It shouldn't be that way. It should be an adhesive that brings you together and partners you together. And, and you have this, I'm going to be back to back with my wife fighting this battle against everything that comes against us. And we have this cord that is wrapped around us. And now we're three in one. The perfect picture, by the way, of the image of God. We have a triune God. We, we believe in the Trinity. That means Father, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when he's saying a cord of three strands isn't easily broken, well, he's also looking at the marriage. And by the way, this is the relationship that he chose to show and model his church after. It, it says he is, he is coming for a pure bride. He's coming for a bride that is saving herself for him. And he has a relationship with the church a covenant relationship with the church that he has chosen to lay down his life for her, to protect her, to do everything in his power that he can to make sure that she is thriving. So husbands, let me ask you this. As the priest of your home, as the, the man in your relationship, are you willing to lay down your life to make sure that she is okay? Boyfriends, are you willing to make that covenant with your wife? Because I'll be honest with you, there have been times where I have had to actually make the decision I am ready to die to make sure that my wife is safe. 
I am willing to die to make sure that my family is taken care of. The same way that, that Christ looks at the church. He had to make that decision. It was, it was a matter of him thinking, okay, am I willing to die for Brittany's sin? Am I willing to die for Kyle's sin? That's what the cross was about, but I think it was bigger than that too. That I'm willing to make sure that my church can live. I'm willing to make sure that my church is protected. I'm willing to make sure that my church has what it needs. And so we need to make sure that our marriage, specifically our, our romantic relationship, models this. So that when people look at your marriage, when people look at you as a couple, they can say, hey, I want to be like you. I want to be like you guys. You guys seem to have something figured out. And I'll be honest with you, you can start looking at the staff, but I know there are other people in this church that have held this standard in their life, that have held this standard in their marriage. And I want to encourage you guys, look at them. Model your life after them. This is a good thing. Um, the next thing that we wanted to chat about is um, how do you make your love life better as a whole? You want to take that first point? Yeah, well, I mentioned it earlier. Date your spouse. Take them on dates. Make intentional time. Buy them gifts. Men, women traditionally love flowers. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, you know, plan fun activities that you guys can, you know, sometimes it's the experience of just like going and doing something. Yeah. That quality time, that's, imp pardon me, that's important. Having a better love life means spending good time together. Even if it's, if, even if you both are busy or, you know, maybe you have a lot more free time, but, you know, Kyle and I are very busy people, you know, working and mm -hmm. running a church and having a two-year-old and trying to have our own, like, social lives. And then also we're married, obviously, and that's not in that order. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, sometimes it really means, like, hey, we don't have a lot of time to, like... It's all good. All good. Sometimes we don't have a lot of time to, you know take moments, but take those moments and use them wisely, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Take those time and say, hey, we have three hours after, you know, we put the kids down, but before we go to bed, even if that means we don't go out on a, you know, go out to a fancy dinner, like maybe you just make dinner at home, or mm -hmm. you make, you know, you order takeout and put a candle on, like, yep. make it intentional. intentional. That's good. Date your spouse. Date your spouse. And I would say this, women, uh, don't, don't feel like you don't have to do these things. Hmm. I think it's important that, that the, the wife or, or a girlfriend, I think it's important that you guys participate in this as well because it shows love and respect both ways. I know some of, our, some of my favorite dates when, from when we were dating before we were married, like Brittany actually planned days to uh, take me out on dates and do stuff that I like to do. Okay, that means we went and looked at guns we went and looked uh, at Bass Pro. We were uh, ate barbecue we ate, we ate barbecue for dinner. <laughs> I mean, it is a great day, and it's why it's one of my favorites. Yes, come on, Jose. <laughs> I love that stuff. And so she actually, I remember, she made this menu uh, of a of a date for me, 
And she gave me all these different options, and she said, here you go, this is what we're doing today. You get to choose what we're doing. This is a day doing what you enjoy doing. And you know what? There was no manipulation. There was no hard feelings. It was just fun. So do your, your spouse a favor and, and take your guy out on a date. Take him golfing. Take him to barbecue. You literally can't go wrong with barbecue, okay? It's just... It's great. They say a way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and I'm, I'm here to agree with it, all right? Um, I think another thing that we could do is, is never stop studying each other, okay? There is a difference between a student and a learner. A student graduates. A learner doesn't. A learner constantly digs for more. I was not a good student, but I am a good learner. I'm smart. I can't prove it on paper, but I'm a good learner. I, I have studied my wife, and, and I studied those around me. This is not just a tip, by the way, for your marriage. This is good just for as, any relationship. As, as friends even. Start learning what people are like. Start learning what people talk about. How do they, how do they conduct themselves in one-on-one conversations versus group situations, right? Single people, when you're looking for a, a spouse, start paying attention to how they treat their friends. Pay attention to who they're hanging out with. And then just from a, like, a, a church point of view, pay attention to their relationship with God. Because if it's on fire, it's very easy to keep on fire. If it's not, it's very hard to stoke that. You just gets more and more lazy. So pay attention. Study them. But then get to know men. What's her favorite perfume? What's her favorite flower? You should have a, a list in your head that you know her top favorite 10 things, and you can go to those. And then try something new. This does not have to be a routine. I know when, when quarantine hit, you and I liked to order from Olive Garden or from Chili's. We have a date night scheduled. And by the way, schedule your dates. Schedule on the calendar. Otherwise, they will get... Yeah, I can't tell you. I mean, you all probably can relate. Time is flying so fast yep. as you get older, especially like, and I know I'm not that old, but I feel like I literally am like, that happened just like a few days ago. No, that was two weeks ago. Yep. And if you don't put it on your calendar, if you don't make intentional time, it's not going to happen. Yep. I know on our calendar, ours is every other Friday night. And so I actually have an all day event on my calendar that is repeating that says date night. And it has a little like husband and wife emoji with the heart next to him because we're cute like that. <laughs> Put it on your calendar and schedule it out. And then do yourself a favor. Instead of waiting till the day of, we're not good at this, so this is just an idea that I'm having in the moment. Uh, talk to each other and say, hey, where, where should we go in two weeks? What's the restaurant we need to go to in two weeks? And that way, like when we, when we Say, hey, why don't we go to barbecue tonight? You don't run into your parents at the same date spot. <laughs> like what happened to us this week. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just want to point you to a great relationship. Watch Pastor Phil and Barbara. Because guess what? We were on a date, and we ran into them also on a date. And it was great, because we got to say, hi, how are you? Good. You guys enjoy your stuff. We're going to go enjoy our stuff. But I want you to know that you have people that you can look to and, and talk about these things, which speaking of talking about these things, communicate 
with your spouse. The intended message is not always the received message. Okay? This is something that everyone can learn, but specifically when it comes to the romantic relationship, the intended message is not always the received message. The second thing, learn their love language. Learn what makes them tick. Learn what, what actually communicates well to them. Because if someone, we were joking with Cameron earlier. Cameron's over here. He's super touchy-feely. He's just the kind of dude that he touches is. Touches his love language. He touches yes. definitely his love language, okay? <laughs> so we're, we're sitting together the other night and thinking like, man, who in our world has touch as their main love language? I was like, that's Cameron. And this morning, we're setting up, and, and we gathered as a team to pray, and he's just, like, wanting to hold my hand the whole time. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to pray. I want to hold you. And I'm like, stop touching me, because touch is literally the lowest on my list of love languages. But you know what? Words of affirmation are my highest. And so uh, when, when Brittany says, hey, I, you did really well at this, there's nothing better. Mm. But you know what? Hers isn't words of affirmation. Hers is quality time. So when I'll put the phone down and intentionally talk to her, there's so many times where like we'll be watching TV and she'll go, can we just pause and talk? And I'm like, we are in the middle of the episode. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm task-driven. Let's go. And she's like, no, no, no. I just want to sit and talk. And I'm like, okay. This is her love language. And so it's easy for me then to, to realize like, I get to put the TV aside for a little while. I get to put the phone down to have an intentional conversation with my wife. I think, too, learning your love languages, learning your spouse's love languages, those are very important things. And sometimes we have a tendency to love our spouse or even, even in a friendship, like, love that person in the way that we like to be loved, mm -hmm. right? Like, I definitely am quality time and probably acts of service. And so where Kyle is, words of affirmation and gifts, mm -hmm. yeah. Roughly there. So it changes sometimes too. But have these yeah. conversations. This communicate sometimes. I literally had to ask him. I'm like, I know that words of affirmation are like your number one, but like, what's your second one? Yeah, communicate. <laughs> I need to Just know. ask him. It's changed over the years. He, you know, uh, but loving whoever it is, your spouse, your friend, your bestie, whatever, loving them in the way that they need to be loved, not in the way that you like to receive love. Yep. So Kyle doesn't always need quality time. That isn't his main focus, even though that's mine. That's not how he receives the most love. Mm -hmm. Still, he enjoys it. We all, But sometimes we need to feel loved the way we need to be loved. And so take that opportunity to do that for your significant other. Yep. Love them the way that they need to be loved. That's good. All right, so we want to leave a little bit of time, and I know we're running a little bit long, but we want to leave a little bit of time for some Q&A. So if you have a question, would you text us? We've actually received a couple. So uh, are you ready to do this? Awesome. On the spot. <laughs> Love the, it. On the spot. Okay, so here's, here's the first this one. This one is from, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, pro tip, date someone you like to be around. Amen. Marry, marry someone who makes you laugh. It's just a lot easier to go through life with someone who makes you laugh. I love you. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, is there ever a point that having too much sex in a marriage becomes sinful? Pastor Kyle, would you like to tackle that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I'd like to tackle it too, but I want to hear what you yeah, say first. I, I, I think yes. Is, is there a point that too much sex in a marriage becomes sinful? If it takes the place of your relationship with God, it's sinful. 
anything that takes the place of your relationship with God is sin. It, it becomes an idol. Anytime you make sex into an idol in your life, that's a problem. I doubt that any of us are close. I just do. I, I don't think the act of, of sex in the marriage is a bad thing, and it's not sinful. It's not shameful. It shouldn't be, so don't make it that way. But if it takes the place or it takes priority over your relationship with God or it, it makes you put your spouse above God, then yes, I would say that too much sex is sinful. I would echo that honestly. I was going. I had this question came in earlier this week, and so I've been like thinking about it. And I would just echo that, just to rephrase what you say: sin is anything that separates you from Christ. So, if you if the focus still doesn't point towards Him, if it is putting an idol or taking your eyes off of Him for whatever that thing is, then yeah, that's not that's not good. Okay, next question. Is being, is being toxic good in a relationship? If you sent this question to me, will you, uh, I, I don't have a name next to it, so if you would, shoot me some clarifiers. Let me jump to the next one. We'll come back to that one. Um, is having sex every day healthy? I think it goes back to that question of, is it, Sinful? Like, are, are you, if it's bringing you closer to your spouse that is revering God and bringing glory to God, I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that everyone has to have sex every day. No. Uh, I, 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 if it's healthy, it's healthy for you. You know, if you guys both agree to it and, and you're both down and you both stocked up on your Gatorade, go for it. Why not? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Are you raising your hand? Oh, man. Let's go, Dad. We have an in-person question from Pastor Phil. I, I get to answer questions about sex for my dad. This is going to be fun. Yes. Should, I put, should I give him the microphone? Yeah, yeah. Run, run the microphone over to him. So, you can, so the people online can hear. There you go. Why is it important to wait until you're married to have a sexual relationship? Why not when you're single? Great question, Pastor Phil. Pastor Kyle, would you like <laughs> to answer this question? <laughs> I love it. It's important because, look, the way that sex was designed was to be between a man and a woman in the covenant relationship of marriage, period. When you get those things mixed up, it cheapens the value in marriage, and it also gives a part of you to someone else. Because when, when, you have, when you have sex outside of marriage, now you're coming into a marriage later in life, and you have to say, hey, by the way, like, I've, I've had sex before with somebody else. There can be forgiveness. There's, there's a covering of shame that, that's no longer there, and that's a beautiful thing. But then super practically, and I'm trying not to be awkward, but... What happens when you try something new and she asks, well, hey, where'd you learn that? Just practically speaking, there, there are these parts of, of, of this relationship that have to be sacred. The, the relationship between Christ and his church is sacred. 
The relationship between Brittany and I is sacred, and I would not want to cheapen that by having sex with people outside of our marriage. I chose not to cheapen that before we were married. We, we got married as virgins. We are the only people that we have slept with. And I'm thrilled that I get to say that, but I realize that people don't get to say that all the time. And I want you to know that as long as you are in Christ, that is forgiven. And you can be healed. You can be whole. But I want to encourage you, keep yourself pure. We, we, the church has this word, pure, and, and it means don't do it until you say, I do. It's important not to do it because it is saving a, a piece of yourself that is exclusive for somebody else. I think that's the main point. You got anything to add to that? I think we see in Scripture, in Genesis 2 specifically, when um, God had already created Adam and then he created Eve, that is the one relationship that we have really to look at prior to the fall. Mm-hmm. And they only had sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then after the fall, obviously, you see all throughout Scripture just people doing things together that <laughs> when they're not in this relationship. But going back to the Scripture that Kyle had said, which is at the end of Genesis 2, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now as uh, now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Hmm. And so, I mean, I'm not an exegetical scholar of the Bible, so I'm just going to give my interpretation of this scripture at this time. But they were naked and felt no shame. There's no shame in that relationship yeah. where they married, you know, I mean unique situation. It's not like they found each other and then they (laughs) dated for a while and then they got married, which is how all of our lives are these days. But that is where we see the the goal. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking of your future spouse, you want to be like Genesis 1 and 2, Mm -hmm. not Genesis 3. Well, when you do things God's way, there is no shame. It's just that easy. If you'll live by the rules that he set out in scripture, which by the way, if you don't know him, start reading the Bible and look for him because he's very specific. God is rarely uh, this blanket covering statement. He, he gets into the nitty gritty with us. And if you'll do things his way, there's no shame ever. All right. Final question is this, is being toxic good in a relationship? And I, and I think what they're saying is if you feel like you're not healthy, should you be in a relationship? What do you think about that? I think the short answer is no. I mean, it depends. It depends on what kind of relationship you're in. If you're not married yet, then I would say no. Back out of that relationship. Take time to restore what you need to be restored. Um, whether that's seek counseling, definitely seek God first and foremost. Okay. Talking with people who um, are also Christians that can help come alongside you, but I think in the context of the marriage relationship, there may be times where one person or both get off of the um, trajectory that God has for them that can be toxic, but that isn't to say divorce, right? because, uh, you know, like you've made this promise, this covenant to one another through rich, through poor, through sickness, through health, through everything, that then you need to take some time and really put in the work. Yep. So I think putting in the work is important 
either way, but how it's finessed within that relationship is going to look different mm-hmm. depending if you're married or not. Married people, let me talk to you for a second. Do yourself a favor. Date your spouse. Learn your spouse. Surrender to God. Surrender your relationship to him. Surrender your marriage to him. And then never mention divorce. Stop it. If you're talking about it, if you're threatening with it, if you're teasing about it, knock it off. And I know I'm getting a little harsh here. I'm not going to stand for it. We never use that word in our relationship. It's worse than a swear word to us. Because more than anything else in my entire life, more than I'm your pastor, I'm her husband. More than I'm Levi's dad, I'm her husband first. This is the marriage that I am in. This is the only marriage I will ever be in, Lord willing. Don't die on me, okay? Don't use, do not use divorce as a threat. It's not funny. It's harmful. And it opens up the door for you to think it's okay. And it's not. There are a couple, very few exceptions that scripture specifically lays out that, okay, this is grounds for divorce and and it will be okay and I can heal this. Other than those two or three things, it's not okay. And so don't use it in your relationship. Those of you who are dating, don't entertain the thought. Make your decision now. This is not a part of who I am. This is not going to be a part of my testimony. I'll close with this. Brittany and I were, were surprised last night. We, we saw a friend's post, and they're, they're going through a separation. And it broke both of our hearts. That, like, these are people that we have admired from afar, that we believe in their ministry. They're pastors. And they're having to get on social media and say, we're, we're separated and our girls are going to stay with one. one, and the other one's not a part of it anymore. That's not the relationship. That's not the kind of relationship. And I'm sure there's a ton of other things that are, that are adding to this that we don't know the context for. So I'm not judging anybody. But what I am saying is it breaks more than your heart. It breaks the Father's heart. It's more than saying, I don't anymore. It's bigger than that. I think if you are finding yourself in a relationship that is struggling, either yourself is struggling, your partner is struggling, both of you are struggling, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, Because especially in the context of this sacred matrimony, really, I mean, that sounds very Christian to say, but it is sacred. This is one of the Mm -hmm. sacred things that God has given us, this relationship as husband and wife. And if you are struggling, it's okay but ask for help. Yeah. Don't just throw in the towel. Right. Uh, we would make ourselves available to anybody here. Pastor Phil and Barbara would make themselves available to anybody here. And I know that there are people in this church that have taken all of us up on that offer. And I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling like you're in a place in your marriage where divorce is, is talked about, where burnout is a part of it, come and talk to us. We want to pray with you and we want to help you. We want to help walk you through this difficult season in your life. Now, I want to end this and and land this plane for us. Not that one, this one. (laughs) But there are...
some people who may be here today who don't understand the benefit of being in a covenant relationship with Jesus himself. You might be married. You might not be. But there is a relationship that Christ wants to have with you. And he cares so deeply about you that he gave his life so that you could have this relationship with him. He said, I'm going to lay my life down so that you and me can be right. I want to give all of us an opportunity, even if it's a conversation about sex and romance, this is a conversation about being like Christ. And we have an opportunity to introduce people to Christ. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. And I'd love it if we would all pray this prayer uh, together as a family so that those who are saying it for the first time don't feel awkward. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, please come into my life. life. Make me like you you and forgive me of my sin. sin. Thank Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the gifts that you've given me. Help me to steward them well. And continue to go before me. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, I would love it if you would raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. You just made the greatest decision of your entire life. That's awesome. We have one person raise their hand here. And if you said it here on, online, would you do me a favor? Uh, there's going to be a comment, or better yet, put the little emoji that has raising a hand. That'd be awesome. Uh, we'll make sure to reach out and respond. Those of you who did that, we want to make sure that you have a Bible. Um, so, Kellen, will you make sure that they get a Bible? Uh, that is a passion of his. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're loving you guys well. I want to say a prayer over you. You got something to say? If you are online and you don't have a Bible, also just put that in the comments. Send yep. us a text. We'll mail uh, the number is in our, um, in our description. Yep. Hello at LegacyChurch.online. Email us. Yep. And we'll mail one to you. All right. Hey, let me pray over you real quick as we leave. Father, it's an honor to be uh, the pastor here. But I hope that what you see today is a church that loves you and cares about you deeply. Enough to have weird conversations, awkward conversations. But I'm grateful that you have chosen us to model your relationship with the church. And so, Father, I pray a blessing over every married couple here. That, Father, you would bless their sex life that you would bless their marriages, that you would bless their relationships. And Father, as they study each other, as they learn each other, as they date each other, would you be honored and glorified in their relationship? Father, I pray for all of the single people that you would continue to lead them, guide them, strengthen them, and give them the willpower to say no to things. And then I pray that because of their commitment to you, because their commitment to staying pure before you, you would honor them with, uh, with a spouse who loves them deeply and unconditionally with a sex life that is beyond anything that they could ask, think, or imagine. Father, I pray over this church that you would continue to lead us, guide us, be our Lord and our Savior. We love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. We all said together, amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much for being here with us today. We will see you same time next Sunday. You guys are dismissed. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.